And welcome in. It is Jobbing Out, a uh, very unique special edition of Jobbing Out this week uh, because none of us are in the same room, but all three of us are here somehow. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and he is Miami Dolphins defensive lineman, A.J. Francis. Gentlemen, uh, certainly an interesting week. Aaron, I, I, dude, I look, we had all these plans, what we're going to do on the show this week, and yep. then all of a sudden, Thursday afternoon, out of nowhere, we just got to blow it all up. You know, I, I was expecting to come in with, with the music that we did, the Seth Rollins theme, because I wanted to talk about how awesome New Day was when they were doing the air band to uh, Rollins' right? theme. Uh, did not expect it to be for this reason, but it, it's kind of sad that it takes a, a wrestling tragedy like this to get all three of us together these days. Well, I don't know. Let's maybe not call it a tragedy. True. Well, <laughs> it's a tragedy for us as viewers. For us as viewers. For us to get together. It's not like we <laughs> It's not, it's not like we're Bruno San Martino and Vincent Mann. Right. <laughs> right. We actually, as much as we play that we hate each other, we don't mind each other every yeah, now we're, and then. Yeah, we're all every okay. Now, every now and then. All right, so so AJ, let me start with you. I, look, I know that you are so down on this because you have been uh, fully aboard the Seth Rollins' champion train. As Look, I think most all of us have. I think that's one of the few things that we can all agree on is that Seth Rollins has been great as champ. And it, it just sucks. Not just that he's hurt and he's got to drop the title, but more the length of time that he's going to be gone that essentially at this point means it, there's no chance of WrestleMania. No chance of Mania. Yeah, it, Maybe SummerSlam even. It sucks, man. It really does suck because I said this on Twitter. Like, Seth Rollins is the best, has had the best WWE championship reign of anyone that I can remember in my lifetime. Like, nobody has gone out and performed better each and every night, Raw, SmackDown, and his matches he's done on pay-per-views with Cena, his matches he did with Kane, even the matches he did with Sting. Like, he, he's done so many amazing things during his tenure as champ that, like, it's, to me, like, I think it's the best first WWE title reign of all time. Wow. And, and it, it's sad to me that it had to be taken away from him in this manner. Now, look, I obviously, I thought Roman was either going to win that Survivor Series or Roman was going to get cheated out and then win at the next interview. Um, but, like, I, it sucks that it had to end this way because he's done so much good work as a champ. Yeah, uh, and Aaron, I, I agree with AJ, which is just, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I thought that Roman was going to get him now. I thought that it would, I think we talked last week about how much better served it would be to, to sort of get Dean involved somehow and maybe set something up for Roman to finally go over at Mania, perhaps as part of this this triple threat that we've been longing for. And I think, to me, that's what makes it even sadder. I don't know if that's what we were going to get. I know. I think a lot of people were hoping for it to be uh, Roman Brock Part 2 instead. But th- I've been dying for this WrestleMania triple threat with these three guys. This unbelievable Should have done it at SummerSlam, like I said. Right. Can't, or, can't risk the injuries. Or done it last WrestleMania when right. I was saying to do it. I, I do think that there's a great risk of this, that, that maybe you lose that chance to make it happen. And it was building slowly. You had the reunion a couple weeks ago, and dude, I, it, it's a real kick to the gut because it was like the one thing that I was dying for that I thought maybe we were finally lining up to get. It really seemed I, that way. Whether whether or not Reigns was going to win it here, or, or as we said, you know, they used this to screw Reigns over and really have him, you know, get a a run a, a chase going, a true chase that we haven't seen since Daniel Bryan. 
for the title, and now all of a sudden, again, the other thing we're robbed of, we're robbed of a chase because they're vacating the title and putting it up in a tournament. So someone's going to win it again without a chase, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but it robs us of that possibility. Yeah. I think but the, 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 one, the one good thing that I think can come from this is that me as a Roman Reigns fan is that I think that this has made it so I – like, I believe that Roman was going to win the title, if not Survivor Series, by the absolute latest, he was going to win it by the Royal Rumble. And because of that, like, um, I want, as a Roman Reigns fan, I want his first title win to be at WrestleMania, like it should have been last year. And, yes, Seth Rollins has been a great champ. And, yes, it was awesome the way that they handled that situation. And it worked out great, and Seth Rollins was dope as the first-time champ, as his, with his first reign, I mean. But I, as a Roman Reigns fan, want him to win that Mania. And I don't think that you can – I wouldn't be opposed to Roman being the champ now because, to be honest, he's the best guy in the, it, available currently. But at the same time, I think this makes it easier for you not to have Roman win the title. Well, let, let, let's just jump to that right now. And uh, obviously Reigns is far and away the favorite going into this. This is – you know, we don't know the full details, but it seems like it's going to be a tournament, and it seems like it's going to be just like 98, where we're going to have the Deadly Games tournament, probably a eight-man tournament at Survivor Series. That's what's coming out right now. We don't know if that's just going to be the semifinals and finals there. See, I think that's a mistake, by the way. You do? I, I think I think that's a mistake. I, I, I love that, the Deadly Games. Well, I, I hear you, but I think there's too many names right now, and this is what happens in part because they don't, they're not top-heavy top at the moment. They They have such a lack of true top-notch talent at the moment that I think that you have what's what you have better is a great mid-card. And I think this is a great opportunity to expand, have it involve 16 guys, and create some matches, some stories out of um, some first-round matches over the course of the next two weeks. Well, I, I think you can do that. I think what you are what you may end up seeing, and at least how I would book it, would be you do the first-round matchups, like the, the qualifying matchups over the next two weeks, and okay. then you have the eight at Survivor right. Series. I'd, I'd be fully on board with that. I, and, I, and, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm, there's eight guys. I mean, if you don't think there's eight guys that could legit be the champ, I mean, I don't not, agree with that at No, all. AJ, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you don't. Look, you're down Cena, you're down Orton, you're down Rollins, you're down obviously Daniel Bryan, you're down. You, you, some well, of the there's top... a question on if you're down. Well, Daniel right, Bryan they, or not. That, and boy, they might rush that back now. Might, yeah, uh, I, that's you know. you know he's he's a guy who's going to be on my list as far as guys who I could see win this thing. But but my point would be that I think that this tournament is better if you expand it to let the likes of the New Day get involved, to let the likes of. Um, Neville. But I think, if, I think right now, if you have an eight-person tournament, why can't one of those people be in the New Day? I uh, think it will be. I think the I, only okay, reason why it wouldn't. I think. I think there's no doubt in my mind that well, Kofi Kingston will be in the tournament, even if it's only eight guys. You know, I, I think the only question would be, you know, how much of this are, how many matches are going to be in this, and are they all? Do they also want a title match? Do they want the New Day? In another Survivor Series match, it seemed like they were setting up something with the Usos, and right. we'll get to that in the second segment with our uh, Raw recap. But, you know, are they going to have the New Day do something else, which is another reason, you know, Bray Wyatt would be an interesting possibility, but we all but, assume that he's going to be involved with Taker and Kane and not and, involved and again, with this tournament. And again, that comes back to why I don't think it's a bad idea to have it be 16 guys. And, and, and AJ, what I'm saying is, so, so let's just take, you know, let's name all the names, right? Like, we know who all the guys are. 
Uh, obviously Roman, obviously Dean. I I guess you put Sheamus in it, but it's awkward because you know no, why? You if put you, Sheamus it, in it's it not awkward. Lose to the like, like legit. This is how I would book it. Legit, I would I would have Sheamus go against Roman in the first round on the pay per view. I would have Roman beat Sheamus, and then I would have the final be if I. This is how I legit would do it. I, if if I don't give Kofi Kingston the win because I think. Nobody deserves a title reign in the WWE currently more than Kofi Kingston. He's with the hottest group in WWE, and he's he has a legit background of title reigns of every multiple title reigns of every single title in the WWE that he is a legit option at World Heavyweight Champion. But if it's not going to be Kofi, I would say you had Roman go over on Sheamus in the first round of the pay-per-view, and then... At the main event, you end up with Roman versus Dean, and then you have the same exact, pretty much the same finish you had at WrestleMania, where Sheamus comes running right. down while both of them are beat to hell because they've both been in three matches already. And then Sheamus broke kicks Dean while Roman's incapacitated and pins Dean, and now you got the same situation you had coming out of WrestleMania. I, I look, Except hey, now by the way. all three guys are still there active every week. And that's certain per- perfectly logical, except it gives us Sheamus as champion probably <laughs> until WrestleMania. Right. <laughs> and, but unfortunately... No, that's, the thing it, is that, that's the thing is that wouldn't, I don't think you would have Sheamus as champion until WrestleMania. What I think you could easily do is have Sheamus as champion until Royal Rumble, and then you have him lose to either whichever one of the guys you want to be, whichever guy you want to turn heel, whether it's Dean mm-hmm. or Roman, whichever one of them you want to turn heel, you have that guy win at Okay, let, let me let me throw in a couple things, a couple thoughts here. I I if I was a betting man, Sheamus is the champion at the end of the night at Survivor Series. If I was putting money on it, I'm I'm in agreement. I think that's the way that this works out because I I think it almost sort of solves a problem for them, which is otherwise the Sheamus thing was going to be awkward, and now they can kind of do it, make him a transitional champion, and have him drop the belt the way that I think that 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 AJ is describing it, but. I think it would make more sense now. If you're not going to get, you know, the, the triple threat, I think it makes more sense to start thinking about Roman Brock two mm-hmm. for Mania than it does Roman Ambrose at Mania. I I just think that you're better yeah, suited sure. now. And, and and here's how I do this. Um, you know, I, I talked Which before is why about you could have Roman go over on Sheamus at Royal Rumble and Brock win the Royal Rumble. And I'm I think that would be I I think that would work perfectly. I, I would be fully on board with that. I, I have absolutely no problems with that. Here's how I do it a little bit differently, though, just to make it more of, instead of just a, again, another trying to do face-versus-face match at WrestleMania, you know, basically the exact same situation you had last year. Uh, I, I go full Deadly Games with this. I go back to that 98 Survivor Series, and I have Romans go corporate. I, I have him that's be the... What, go ahead. That's another great option, but I, I don't know if you want to do... That. The problem with that is, is that even though I've been on Roman's bandwagon the whole time because I'm not an idiot like most people, when I watch wrestling and now you listen, people are starting to realize how stupid they were when they started booing Roman just because he wasn't Danny Bryan. He had a great night Monday night. It was a very good night for him Monday night. And and it wasn't even just that Monday. The Monday before then, uh, the Hell in the Cell, like he's been doing it week after week after week for months now, getting more people back, realizing, well, this guy's actually really awesome. When he speared Bray Wyatt through the table, like, he's been doing a lot of cool stuff for people to realize, oh, he's not a bad guy. We just booed him because he wasn't five foot and had a beard. So, <laughs> like, because of that, I think 
you could go corporate Roman, and it would work 100%. However, I just don't know if you want to rush that. You can do that at any time in his career. But do you want to do that right now when he's getting hotter? Than, he's getting just as hot as he was before Daniel Bryan came back last year. I agree. I agree with AJ with the one caveat being that Daniel Bryan could screw it all up again. Like that's the <laughs> one. It's it's the could, one. Could you imagine if Daniel Bryan returns that Survivor Series, runs to the finals, and then Roman beats Roman beats yeah, him I mean, in the I, finals? I it's, it's the one danger that you <laughs> that have. That would in be the situation. one way that you could easily make him corporate Roman. Over well, time. yeah, yeah. Right. I'd say that right. that that would, no. I'm saying you try to keep him as a face, but you have him go over Daniel Bryan again. I, I think, and, and this is very tricky because if you bring Daniel Bryan back and you don't put him into the title picture, you're going to get the same thing. It's just the way it's going to go. And it's why I, I can't believe I'm saying this for a, a company that right now is is not it's lacking true top stars. But I'm not in a rush to get Daniel Bryan back right now. In fact, I'd almost prefer if I'm going to bring him back for it to be the night after WrestleMania because I don't want to screw with anything anymore. Um, I, I, I'm starting to get some ideas of what I want to do, and Daniel Bryan can really mess with that picture because of how wildly popular he is. And and I'm and look, I'm a Daniel Bryan guy, as AJ likes to remind us over and over again. I at this point think that there's something more important that you need to do with Roman Reigns if you're going to get him to the level that clearly the WWE wants him to be at. They want him to be John Cena. Um, right now, he's popular, John Cena, at the moment. But that's it's it's very uh, you know sort of uh, tenable. You know what I mean? Like it it could go either way if they don't do it the right way. I think right now I'm with AJ. I don't want to mess with it. And I would be more inclined to try to use Dean, turn Dean to to involve mm-hmm. Roman. I would be more inclined to do that. And, and that would, that would be my other idea is uh, you in, you know everyone if it got to Dean and Roman in the finals, everyone would be expecting Roman to turn because that's what we've been talking about since last Royal Rumble. It would make sense for him as a corporate champion. It would make sense for him as a heel as he tries to get you know even more and more over. But so. Pull the swerve here. If, if you really think that he can get over, you use Dean to help him get over. You make Dean corporate, you pull a swerve on everybody, and Dean could pull off a corporate champion. And it would be a, get- a way to potentially get him booed as well. You align him with Triple A's, you align him with, th- you know, Stephanie, the things that people hate, he could get over as a heel. And that way, you get Roman potentially again, if you're worried at all about the reception that he would get, if he had to face Dean, which I think there would be a genuine question there, you do it by Dean being aligned with these people that the crowd has tended to hate on, no matter who's with them. I think, but I don't think Dean would be a very good corporate champion. I'm not that he wouldn't be a great heel. I think he would be a fantastic heel, yeah. as he's proven in the past. But I don't think he would be a great corporate champion. A, look at his hair. B, <laughs> I just don't see him in a suit. Well, what, 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 so, if you, what if you cut? Well, what if you on, cut his hair? What if you put him in a suit? His frosted tips, man. Yeah, but but you got to understand. He, Dean Ambrose has that grungy look because people want him to think he's insane. Right. You know right. Like you, that, that's his whole thing. Like I don't think Dean is, makes a good corporate champion. Not that he doesn't make a great heel. Right. I think he right, could right. be a great heel. Well, okay, but there's, there's another level to this, which is can you have a corporate champion when you don't really have a corporation? Well, you, you have, have Triple H. But, you're a th- but I mean, they're you not the, really heels. The yeah, well. I mean, that's... They, that, that's the, the, that's the, the problem, is they're not really heels, but yes. They're, they're so vague right now I think, as to I what... Think, no, no, the thing is, like, I think they were vague for a while because I think they were trying to have the authority start to turn face. 
And then and Rollins, then Triple H, potentially, Triple yeah. H, well, yeah. Now you, you can't know, even do that anymore. We're robbed of that, too. That's the other uh, thing we're robbed of. Okay, so so is there anything else that would be logical for Triple H? Not that Triple H has to wrestle at WrestleMania, and I think nobody is saying that he has to. Well, but tri- Triple yeah, H rock I, I still makes a lot Triple, of sense. I think you could have Triple H. I mean, I think you have Triple H and Dean Ambrose. Okay, that would be the question. Can can you pull off Triple H, Dean Ambrose, and and who are you selling? I, like, like right now, in order to do that, then you can't turn Dean Ambrose because that's an awful lot to try to turn him now heel. And have him back to being a face by mania in order to no, face that's Triple H. You don't have to turn Dean Ambrose or Roman Reigns heel at this moment in time. You don't really don't have to. The way you solve that is by having Sheamus cash in and and Sheamus becomes sort of your corporate and, champion. And everyone boos. Everyone yeah, will everyone will boo Sheamus. Sheamus. Yes, yeah. that, that's not a problem. Yeah. That's the simple on. solution there. Uh, you say that, though, but there is a little bit of a problem there, which is that there's always the danger of they boo for a moment, and then they remember on Monday that they just don't give a rat's ass about Sheamus. And that's and, the and he gets the X-Pac heat instead of the, you know, they turn off the television heat instead Correct. of that's the... That's always the difficult the part thing, about... Though, that's in... why you pit him with... I mean, if you pit him in a storyline with the tension of Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns... Okay. Like, that's how you build that storyline. But at the same time, we can solve all this. Give Kofi the belt, man. <laughs> Let New Day be the best because they are the best. Well, nobody's nobody was in the history of eternity will ever argue with you on that, AJ. They are the best. There's no doubt. I guess well, the only concern when, I would have is that you came know, out on Monday and said, "You know, we're going to talk." <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there, there were like five amazing things that might have been the best moment. You know, between the the psychic unicorn powers and uh, the oh, like I said, the the no, the, the rock the band goes, thing. Show of horns. Show of horns. Show of horns, everyone. Oh yeah, mine's up. Mine, my horns up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just course. everything. So, yeah, I mean, I have no I think problem. Aaron's right, though. I think the rock band was, it's because it's so perfect in its subtlety, right? Like, it's just one of those things that, that you really wonder if they even really talked about before they went out there and did it on Monday night, right? Like, I think those three guys are so good together that it's totally plausible that one of them had the idea to start doing, like, the rock band thing in the ring as Seth Rollins' music hit. And they all three immediately took their cues from each other because they just freaking work together so damn well. And that's to me what makes them so amazing is it's, I don't think that this is all scripted. I don't think this is all, you know, I think that a lot of this is just we figured each other out so flipping well that the little things, that's such a small thing, but it's so effing cool. It's so great. They're just the best, man. I- I honestly believe that a Kofi hotshot would be the best thing that you could possibly do right now. I just don't think they buy Kofi as champion. I think if anyone yeah. from the New Day, it would be Big E. Yeah, I think Why? I'm in the same boat. Well, I don't because, understand that. No, I'm not, not saying that it would buffers. be bad. I'm saying that he's bigger. He's If you're saying Vince McMahon's about to fall in love with a member of the New Day to make him champion, who do you think it's going to be? I think it would be Kofi, considering Kofi's been with the company much longer, A. B, he has five times as many intercontinental title reigns. Yes, no one else has ever won the U.S. title out of Big E and Tinker Woods, and he's won that like five times. He's okay. been a tag team champion with multiple people. 
But AJ, a how many how many times how many times has a guy been around this long and has gotten no title shots other than right. maybe an was he in an elimination chamber well, yeah, for the title? Elim- yeah, he was. Yes, but, but but besides that, has gotten a real main event push and gotten a main event push ten years later or eight years later. Uh, Mark Henry. Mark Henry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it worked. I don't deny it. But Kofi no, Kingston's no. not the same as Mark Henry. Mark Henry, you turn on You're and all right. of a sudden Kofi you realize. Kingston can put on. You're absolutely right. Kofi Kingston can put on way, way, way better matches. And on top of that, he's in a group right now that is the hottest thing smoking. But when does that I, matter to Vince McMahon? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, I sort of see the both arguments. AJ, I'm not necessarily arguing against I, you. I, I love think, Kofi. I, yeah, I, I'd be great. I, I, I'm I just on board with Kofi as well. I just knowing what we know about Vince, I'm with Aaron that I think. If there was to be one guy to come out of the New Day to become to put in the title picture, I think it would be Big E in one because we know that Vince is obsessed with with guys that are just bigger. Now that being said, Seth, Daniel Bryan, not bigger guys. Both have been champions recently, so it's it's not it's not as if you have to be that size in order to be a champion anymore. Um, but I I just get that sense that they have set this up for whenever it happens. To t- the star to turn out of the new day to be the to be Big E. That's just the sense that I've gotten. And I do, um, I honestly don't agree with that at all. I think the star that comes out of the new day, if they ever split up, which I hope they never do, is Xavier Woods. Well, that might be true too. Xavier's been great. I, been- I I I think here's here's where you get Xavier as star. You make him the next great manager. I think mm-hmm. that's where his star power comes in because again, I, I think he's. I mean, what is he? Without his hair, he's probably what five seventy or five seven yeah, a bucket. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I'll come back to this. This is an interesting thought, right? Which is, as much as this sucks, this whole situation, because we all like Seth as champ and and all that. I have said before, one of the best things that WWE can do, and that any professional wrestling company can do, is find reasons to have tournaments more often. Um, it, yeah. it gives it gives purpose to your wrestling and. It's it's something that the WWE just oftentimes struggles with, particularly on Raw and you know and SmackDown, all their other programs. Is that you don't just have a match for the sake of having a match. That there's a reason, there's meaning behind having a match, and nothing gives you greater meaning behind having a match than having a tournament. And and I hope that this goes well. I hope that they really take advantage of it, and I hope it's a reminder that there's reason to do this more regularly. And I know it's tough. Because you book a whole thing and then Seth Rollins gets hurt and it screws up your entire tournament. Like I understand why it's tough to do and why it's tough on writers and why it's tough on creative. But but look at how excited we all kind of are, even after getting brutal news. We get brutal news and then immediately brutal. we spend the next couple of hours sort of freaking out, nerding out about the possibilities of this because tournaments and professional wrestling are tremendous. Yeah, that's the big thing is that they can use this as an opportunity. The the with Rollins, everything was very kind of straightforward. They couldn't really veer from the path too much because of what they had planned. Now the entire script is blank. If you wanted you could put Cesaro into the finals of it, and, and, and cre- yeah, and create a new star out of him. You could create a new star out of there. There Kevin are numbers. Kevin Owens potentially, exactly. You know, you can create stars out of this. You have to be creative. It's tough. You have to be creative. But some of the best work WWE has ever done has been because they've had to write around injuries. Austin, you know, 2000 was one of the best written 
years in the history of WWE, and it was because they had to write around Austin's injury. They didn't have to focus on him. So now that you and have, because they have the greatest performer of all time, Dwayne. Well, yeah, that certainly helped. I, I'm <laughs> sure. Yes, it helped. But they also had The Rock the year before, and it wasn't nearly as good as 2000. You know, they had to get truly creative. So that's what they have to do. The writers have to earn their living right here and get something creative out out of this. And you could turn it into, again, you know, a terrible thing ends up being the best thing that's ever happened to this company. And I think that, and I was, this is what I wanted to say earlier, and I go, we got off, I'm oh, sorry, dropped my phone like a news. We got <laughs> off track, and I wanted to say there is a way, I was thinking of, that you have Roman as the champ and you don't, and you bring Daniel Bryan back, not now, but eventually, and it doesn't affect Roman at all. And that's if you bring Daniel Bryan back during the Royal Rumble, after Roman Reigns has already won the world title, and then you have Brock Lesnar eliminate that number. Oh, and you set up Lesnar Bryan. No, no, you set up know, Lesnar no, Brock. You have him eliminate Bryan. But but people aren't going to boo Brock because he's Brock. Nobody's going to boo Brock. Yeah, okay. There's there's certainly. And if you want to, you have him eliminate Daniel Bryan, and then now you say Brock the heel. I mean. Yeah, I mean, and, and who cares, too. right? I mean, it's Brock Lesnar. You can you can have him do whatever you want to have him do. I, I, exactly. I'd say there's an argument for that. I also just think that at some level, if you have a clear – if what you're doing with Daniel Bryan isn't throwing him into the Intercontinental title ladder match at WrestleMania, like if you have a purpose for Daniel Bryan that isn't the title picture, I think you can get away with it, but you have to show quickly what that purpose is. That you I think can't... it would be dope if you have – Daniel Bryan come like you have Kevin Owens just running rough shot, beating everybody that challenges him for the IC title, and then you have Daniel Bryan come back. Yeah, I think and, that would be a way to do it. Or, or what about a Brian Cena? I mean, like we keep forgetting that John Cena will be back at some point. Yeah. Now, now, now that's the one concern. Do they rush Cena back? Oh, now? well, you know it's the first thought in their mind. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, that. that was the first call they made. The question, is, you know, and that would be a disaster. I mean. Let him, would, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a, be a disaster. disaster, but it wouldn't be the right thing to do. It would not, I, yes. I, yeah, it yeah. wouldn't be the right thing to do. Um, but I think that you could absolutely get away with, um, you know, bringing back Daniel Bryan and setting him up into a package with John Cena and making it work while you still have Roman Reigns involved with the title. I think there's things you can do. I think the frustration was when, when they did this a couple years ago, nobody understood what the purpose was for Daniel Bryan. You've got to give Daniel Bryan a purpose. You've got to show him doing something not just that you're leaving him there to be a B player and to throw into to, you know ladder matches with six other guys. Give show that he you've got something in mind for him for WrestleMania that's big and that we're going to like, and then I think we can give it a pass from there. Who would make a better corporate champion than John Cena? I just had that thought. Oh, no one would, but they've never had the balls to turn him heel before. Why is this going to suddenly change now? No, I was just, I literally just had that thought. Oh, it'd be I mean, he would be the, he is a corpse. That's what he is. His life. <laughs> he literally he, is. Right. I mean, his, his existence is Mr. Corporate Champion. And that's all he knows. He breathes as a human being being the corporate champion. But no, as a character, they, I mean, God, look, I don't, you know, I'd be all for it, but you also know damn well it's not happening. Yeah. I, I still think that if you're going for a dark horse corporate guy, Cesaro was the guy. And like I said, yes. they, they've been, They've been WWEizing his moveset, so I think they have something in mind for him. It might not have been this, but it wouldn't be a terrible idea either. Yeah, I think it would be. I think that would be good. It would be good for Cesaro too, because Cesaro's biggest knock on him has always been his like mic work when relating to the crowd. Not so much the crowd liking him, but just like 
And if you team him with Triple H and Stephanie, that takes so much of a burden off of his back. The one he'll thing I'd say for it, not he'll get ninety percent of his booze for things he didn't even have to say. Right. The the swing is so popular that I don't know that you could have a heel Cesaro. I think you'd you'd have to give one or the other up. You'd either have to have him give up the swing or you couldn't turn him heel. I just don't think you could have heel Cesaro True. performing the swing because I just think it's too well liked. I agree, and that's why they I think that's why they had him stop at the first place. And I think you could drop the swing. The swing I like, it's fine, but I, I love him running around uppercutting the shit out of people. Oh, yeah, so you know Dude, he has the coolest move in wrestling wrestling currently when he jumps. The springboard uppercut, yeah. The springboard uppercut, oh my god! Yes. he never it, misses. He's not even close to Cena's miss percentage. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty freaking great. I mean, nobody's debating that. Yeah, it's pretty freaking great. All right. Um. So okay, you know, again, it's 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 sort of a depressing day, but at the same time, I think we come out of the conversation saying we are in in some ways invigorated to watch this coming Monday night, and truth be told, I don't know that I was that invigorated this past Monday night. I was going to say, you you were talking about how Survivor Series has kind of fallen off and isn't all that exciting anymore, and you weren't even sure how excited you were about it. You know, now that's it's become, what, the second most interesting pay-per-view of the year thus, thus far? To the point, yeah, to this point, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely it has. I mean, this is, and again, it's not, we're not rooting or not uh, happy that wait, Seth wait, Rollins wait, got wait, what do you consider this year? Because I might have to jump through the phone and DDT the shit out of you. In calendar 2015. 2015. So you think Survivor Series, this upcoming Survivor Series is is more anticipated than the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania? I said more more interesting, more interesting. Not not more okay. anticipated, just more interesting overall. You have a tournament for the title. Okay, yeah. you're definitely you're definitely. I don't know. It's 5:30. It's a little early to be hitting Grandpa's cough syrup. <laughs> so. It's never I need too you to early calm down, Aaron. I definitely yeah. need you to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, uh, AJ, it's at AJ Francis 410 on Twitter. Um, we will do this again here in a couple weeks, and we have a, a, a more clear picture of what's going to happen at Survivor Series, and we will preview it. Hi. We'll talk about it then. Uh, I'm glad. I appreciate the fact. See, AJ actually has an important job, unlike the rest of us who just do stupid. Like, we, we report on guys like AJ. So he actually had to make the time and figure out a way to make this work. So I appreciate it, pal. Uh, it's it's certainly an interesting day in professional wrestling, and I appreciate you making it happen for us, man. Hey, no problem, man. And like I said, I already told you guys, you guys got to get that job and outposter because when I'm on the camera at WrestleMania, I need to be able to hold it up and Do show so we can get this thing off and crack it. Do you know where your seats are yet? I've seen some of the people with travel packages figure out where their seats are. Have you figured it out yet, or still waiting? Yeah, um, I see. That's what's kind of confusing because the, the the seating chart that they sent me is uh, the seating chart that they sent me has the ramp coming from the right. So I don't know if they just did it like that and like. I'm going to be like they just reversed it for no reason, or if the ramp actually is going to be coming. From no, the well, right. it, it is, but the uh, the camera you can see where the camera wells are on on the so it's from the right, but it's just everything is reversed. So it's going to look the same. It's just that the the Cowboy Stadium the cameras are on that other side. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, I'm on camera side row four, and we're in we're in our like we're this is one of the cool things about playing in the NFL is. We already had people that, like, talk to guys in the NFL and whatnot, and that's how we get tickets whenever they come into town. But, you know, we already talked to them about, you know, maybe, you know, 
making that four turn into a one. And there are no <laughs> I see how it is. Nicely done, sir. <laughs> Nicely done. I like how you think. Well, I'll take those. Hey, if, if you get those fours turned into a one, I'll take those fours from you. <laughs> how about that? Yeah, I, I think it would be more of a swap than anything. But <laughs> Weak, weak. Oh, man. All right, uh, AJ, you want to do the thing? Yes. This is the main event. We'll get back in. We'll recap Raw. It's jobbing out. Are you a believer in the retriever? The UMBC sports marketing team is proud to support UMBC athletics through marketing and promoting the UMBC Division I game day experience with giveaways, in-game entertainment, and much, much more. Tickets for retriever action starts as low as $2. Follow UMBC sports on Instagram at retrieverbeliever and on Twitter at UMBC Sports Marketing for all your promotional updates of the Retrievers. For a complete schedule of UMBC athletics, visit UMBCRetrievers.com. The UMBC Sports Marketing staff looks forward to seeing you as a Retriever believer at the games. At Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe is where Marilyn gets engaged. Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City, in Annapolis. Looking for licensed Orioles and Ravens jewelry for the sports fan in your life? Charles Newson off and Sons Jewelers. 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville since 1923. Charles Newson off and Sons has provided the Baltimore area with affordable fine jewelry, quality repair workmanship, and a total devotion to customer service. Looking to pop the question? Charles Newson off and Sons has designer mountings and certified loose diamonds. Prices that can't be beat for the perfect proposal. Download their new app, the Vow Engagement Ring. Finder for iPhone or Android and search styles, get prices, and even upload a picture of your hand and try rings on virtually. Charles Newson Off and Sons, Orioles, Ravens Jewelry, and the Vow Engagement Ring Finder. Go to charlesnewsonoff.com or call 410-661-5050. Charles Newson Off and Sons Jewelers, 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville. Let's scroll together. If you're like most folks, you drop by your local Royal Farm store for a fast, fresh, delicious breakfast sandwich on your way to wherever it is you're on your way to. But maybe you're ready for Royal Farm's new Scrapple breakfast sandwiches. For just $2.89, you can get tasty, crispy Scrapple with your choice of cheese and eggs on a biscuit, bagel, bread, or croissant. The new Royal Farms Scrapple breakfast sandwiches. Just $2.89 at Royal Farms. Real fresh, real fast. Wrestling fans, it's time for Wrestle Crate. 
WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. here on Jobbing Out. Thanks again to the main event, A.J. Francis of the Miami Dolphins for checking in with us in segment number one as we have huge breaking news in the world of pro wrestling this week. There is more to get to, however, more to talk about uh, beyond just Seth Rollins' injury, and let's get to that now. We'd like to recap Raw in segment number two. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster still with you. And Aaron, before we do that, I guess let's update, first of all, what's going on with uh, Fantasizer and the Fantasy League. Where are we at with that? You know, pretty similar to where we were last time. Me and you at the top, everybody else trying to claw their way back into our good graces, but I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, it's going to be me and you, pal, right till the end. I think you added about 10 points on me this week. And again, as I said before, and and this, this is where the Rollins injury becomes really intriguing, right? Because we said before... That, you know, the only way that I could probably close the gap on you is if I get a Seamus cash-in. Well, and, there you go. Well, right? All of a sudden, that looks way more interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. So, uh, a totally plausible. Or let's just say if Kevin Owens were to somehow be the winner of the tournament. Yeah, then, you, I, uh, I really don't have anybody who could win. I have Big E. Big E. Big E. Kofi. And I guess Kane? No, not Kane. But oh, I do have Kane. Lord, not Kane. <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, well, no, he's he's involved with the Bray Wyatt thing, which we'll get right into here. Right. Well, hang on. First of all, tell everybody what, uh, all about Fantasizer. Fantasizer, great, uh, great site, great league. Uh, it's a custom fantasy league site, uh, and it does it for everything. Uh, one of my favorite shows is besides wrestling is coming back next month. MTV's The Challenge. I know they have the fantasy league for that, so I'm going to be signing up for that. And, uh, yeah, nerding out over MTV, in addition to nerding out over wrestling. But everything like that, if you want a fantasy league, they probably have it. So go check it out, Fantasizer. Very very good. All right, let's get into uh, the Bray Wyatt thing. It was uh, quite the scene on Monday nights. You know, I uh, it was ridiculous. Let's just put it out there. It was completely and utterly absurd, and I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Here's what I compared it to, and I almost wish we still had AJ on because I know he watches this sh- same show that I do. Uh, I watch Gotham on Fox. It's a, it, I, I've watched got a good bit of Gotham. Yeah. So first season, it had an issue because it couldn't quite figure out what it wanted to be. It's like it started out a little bit of like Christopher Nolan darkness, and it brought some campiness, and it could never quite, you know, figure out what it wanted to be. And so the first season was awful. I almost didn't even give it a second season. Second season now. It is a completely batshit insane show. They have gone completely off the rails in every way, and it is so much more entertaining because they've decided to go with campiness, and they've committed to it. And that's what they're doing here with Bray Wyatt, and it's working. You go ridiculous, but you go hard with the ridiculous, and that's all we want. We can live... There's such a fine line between 
stupid gimmick and cool gimmick in wrestling. It's a very, very fine line. And usually what determines whether it's good or not is commitment. And Bray Wyatt on Monday committed to the ridiculousness there. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt about it. And it, it absolutely is absurd, but that's the point of the Bray Wyatt character, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, the, I mean, it, if he's going to be, you know, he, we did that whole feud about how he's going to replace The Undertaker. Well, right. The Undertaker is an inherently ridiculous gimmick. He's an right. undead zombie who has lightning powers, and he gets controlled by an urn that may or may not have the ashes of his old manager in it, and it, it's completely ludicrous. But again, he committed to the gimmick. He committed to the gimmick, and they played it off seriously, and it worked because of that. And that's why it's going to work for Bray Wyatt here, because that's the thing. Just like Gotham, they couldn't quite figure out what they wanted to do with Bray Wyatt. Did they want him to be serious? Did they want him to be campy? Did they want him to have superpowers? Did they want him just to be kind of a guy who has an inflated self of ego? They didn't know what they wanted to do with Bray Wyatt. So they commit to something here. Is this necessarily the right decision in the long term What you know, to commit to being over-the-top ridiculousness? Maybe, maybe not. But it's committing to something, and committing is automatically 100% better than not committing to something. Fact. Fact. And, and we still don't know fully the direction towards Survivor Series, and we, we don't know if somehow it's going to be messed up. But, you know, there's a chance that perhaps WWE says, well, let me throw The Undertaker and Kane into this, and let me throw the, into this tournament, and... I, I don't know what they're going to end up here's doing Here's the with thing. This. If they wanted to, they yeah. could say, you know what, we're going to hold off on returning Undertaker and King now. And and we're going to ride this momentum Bray has, and maybe we yeah. won't put the, probably won't put the title on him, but we will have him roll through, and we just won't have that match at Survivor Series. We'll have it at Rumble, maybe. It, we'll, it's tough because they've, you know, they've teased the Undertaker and the 25th anniversary so much. Then what do you do with the Undertaker? If well, you may, maybe you have this? him, maybe you have him show up. You know, you have him cost Bray. At the tournament? Uh, okay, yeah, sure, but it, that that loses a bit of its sting when you've been advertising the Undertaker. Well, technically, Survivor. they have. Have they been advertising? They they've, well, they they, did they've, it. They've built the the promos around him, but they haven't actually yeah, said I he's going to show up. Yes, no. Granted, I, I think that's tough to parse. I, I I agree with you. Then most likely they're not. But if they wanted to, they could. Like that's no, the thing. No, it was a it was a really good moment for Bray. It it really was, despite its ridiculousness. It was a very good moment for Bray. He looked very powerful, and frankly, when he hasn't won a lot of matches, it's it's not easy to do that. And they managed to make him look really good, and and make the Wyatt family look like com- a complete threat. As absurd as the entire thing was, they looked very threatening. And the question would become. If you have the power to create lightning indoors, then then how do you lose matches, right? <laughs> well, that, but that's been the question about Kane and the Undertaker. We accept yeah. that, so right. we can just accept that with uh, with Bray Wyatt. And uh, you know what? I hope that it's not just a, a small little two week run with this. I hope they go full out with this. And it also brings up another question that I had, which was, uh, so we're we're supposed to assume here, like let's go deep into kayfabe here. We're supposed to assume that Bray Wyatt uh, has stolen, not just just kind of absorbed, but stolen the powers of the Undertaker and Kane, correct? Right. That's how you took this? So when Undertaker comes back out, hypothetically you shouldn't have those powers anymore, correct? That's the idea, yeah. So are we getting the return of Biker Taker? Oh no. Oh god, no. Oh please no. Like oh, that that's god. almost that that would be almost the logical route, right? I mean it wouldn't no, be no, great. Nothing but it would is be logical, logical that involves Biker Taker. Shut up, Ant. Nothing is logical that involves me having to hear a kid rock song. Well you um, wouldn't have to hear the kid rock song. <laughs> What, really? I, I I would hope you wouldn't have to. Maybe you'd hear the Limp Bizkit song instead. Oh, no. Oh, God. 
no. Um, but I, I, you know, I hear what you're saying, which is that they, they, what they shouldn't do is just do everything the same way with the Undertaker and Kane. Right. They, they after... have to in some way acknowledge the fact that their powers were stolen. Like they yes. can't do the. T- you know what I'd love to see? I want to see Bray Wyatt next week wrestle a match and do old school in the middle of the match. I mean, it'd be pretty great. I, like, that's what I want to see. I want him to, again, commit to this. And if he took the powers of the Undertaker, I want to see him do old school. I want to see him uh, do the snake eyes. I want to see him do all the trademarks for Undertaker and Kane. And I, I, know I if he, Yeah, I don't know if he has to go that far. Well, not I, everything, but one little nod to it. I, more right, than I just, guess, I right. can do lightning now, but right. I have your power. I can do your move as well. Yeah. Maybe, maybe do a tombstone. No, you I'd, know. Be, I'd, be, I'd be good with that as well. I would I would be good with that. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, let, me, let me touch on a couple other things that happened on Raw. Um, one being, I, I really want to talk about the women's match because we've been so down on the Divas Revolution. I thought Monday night was the finest moment of the Divas Revolution. I thought that this was a great match that abandoned the god-awful team crap. And hopefully is a sign of the god-awful team crap being permanently abandoned. Like, hopefully... They don't just do this amazing thing on Monday night and then go back to pretending like that didn't happen next week. Um, and I think it was the best thing they've done yet. Everyone looked great in that match. It was a great, great match that got the, the you know, despite the fact that we all knew how it was going to finish. We, we knew that Charlotte was going to become the number, or it was Paige was going to become the number one contender to face Charlotte. We knew that. And yet they managed to make all four of them look fantastic in that match and perhaps, I hope, a sign of things to come. Yeah, I mean, one of the great things about it were those little segments that Renee had backstage with Becky and Sasha. Just, the, again, giving them more character than, hey, I'm here and I'm wrestling. You know, Becky talked about her climb here. Sasha, when she was doing it, got her old cockiness in. We're getting to know these characters as more than just, oh, you're here, you're, your face is, maybe you're a heel, you're just whatever, you're, go out and wrestle, go do that. No, they actually made storylines in there, and they brought those storylines into the match. You know, that was one of the things that NXT, with their women's division, has done so, so well, is that they have made they have taken characters, and no matter how long, they didn't, didn't always have these 30-minute main event-style matches. Sometimes they would have a five-minute match, you know, a normal five-minute match, but they would pack so much into so much storytelling into that five minutes that it made us care about the matches and thus care about the characters. If they do this, more of this, on Monday nights, then we'll start to care about them the same way, even if it is Brie Bella, who, by the way, was pretty damn good on Monday she was night. great. She was great on Monday night, and... I don't know if that's I, – I don't know what to make of it. I really don't. But all I know is none of these women deserve to be burdened by this team nonsense. They are all individual performers with stories to tell, and that's what makes this work. And the team crap, it, it was like it didn't exist. It was so great. You can put two of them in the same match. You can create a scenario where there's some sort of danger, right? That Charlotte may end up facing um, uh, Becky, and you know, like there's, there's, and that's of... good, and it's yes. reasonable. Like we didn't think, you know, you know what the best thing about it was? Becky's storyline wasn't, oh, you know, maybe I'll have to face Charlotte, and she's my best, you know, she's a good friend of mine, and so no, no, her her storyline was, I want the title. I'm Becky because Lynch. I'm an ass kicker, yes, right? Exactly. And I deserve better than what I've been given. 
by this damn Divas Revolution. So I, my, my concern is that they did it one time because they needed something to create a number one contender. And now that they have their number one contender, now that they have their championship match, they're going to go right back to the laziness of the effing teams. That's my concern. But I hope, I hope significantly that that's not the case and that this will be a moment that we truly launch into something better for all of these outstanding individual performers. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right with you 100%, and it's it's a, definitely a bright light. It's a bright light in a lot of darkness, but you hope that they walk towards that light. We had a significant return on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, the uh, the Usos. We had been talking about it for a little bit. That it seemed like you know he had been out for a while, and it seemed like he might be ready. I, you know, I had always said the Usos would make a lot of sense to team with Roman at Survivor Series, and they just did it a few weeks early. So I get partial credit for that one. Uh, and yeah, they're back, and it looks like, based on uh, the fact that they squashed Xavier in 10 seconds, they're going to move right into a feud for the title with the New Day. Which I have no beef with, you know what I mean? Like, you had It'll nowhere be a good to match. go. Yeah, it'd be a good match, and you didn't have, it, you, you couldn't keep doing the Dudley boys, right? Like, you right. couldn't have them win every match. And also, you know, my theory is that the Dudley boys end up being part of the team with Undertaker and Kane to face the Wyatt family. So. Um, it's it's new. It's something the New Day hasn't gone up against yet, really. So that's a good thing. Um, you'll see what the dynamic is like between them. I think the only problem with the Usos is that they, they, they come out hot. Obviously, the entrance is good. But there's never been really any dynamic story building after that when it comes to the Usos. And I, yet I think it's never to... seemed to matter. It, it's been weird. They're, you know, they're like Ryback, where no matter what they're doing, they're getting some of the biggest pops of the night from the live crowd. It, it's, well, it's because it's it's like watching. Well, the, it, it, you know, it, the tag team Cena's is what they are. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No doubt about that. And I'm I'm all for it for now. I just wonder if long term, the Usos are anything more than what they are at the moment. And but you know what? Moment, if that's what they are at the moment, if that's what they, you know, come out, entertain the crowd, put on some good matches, get some title reigns here and there. I'm I'm okay with that. I, okay. I think you don't necessarily you can have as long as you don't go too far with it, you can have one of those teams in the division that just are there to put on a good match and entertain the crowd. Let me give you one other one other thought about this situation, which is I I have said before, I don't like the idea of trying to concurrently have the new day involved with the top of the card and the tag division. I think at some point this is again my lack of faith with the WWE. Yeah, it's not that you don't it's not that you don't like it, it's you don't believe they can do it. Correct. And I I said before that I don't think the New Day had to hold on to the tag titles because I thought they could always be a threat for the tag titles, right? So if you're going to bring back the Usos, I don't think it would have been the end of the world um if the New Day were to drop the titles to the Usos, let the Usos feud with someone for a little while, and then let the New Day be involved with whatever part of the top of the card that you have them involved with, knowing they're always still a threat to go right back to competing for the titles, right? Like that, there's. I think that they can exist in in both ways, and I don't know. I, when I said they can exist in both ways, I think they can do both things. I don't think the WWE is good enough to allow them to do it concurrently. I just don't think the WWE has enough creativity and ability to make it work at the same time. Um, I mean. Track record says you're correct. I will say that just based on, you know, 
we're starting to get a little bit of depth in the tag division. We we had it back in the spring. We lost it with the injuries, but now we're having it again. Uh, the Lucha Dragons seem to be getting some sort of a mini push there here. You know, they got that video, uh, the yep. the video before their match, which you know they don't WWE doesn't do that for mid carders ever. So that's a sign that. Well, they, but also remember that they're clearly desperate for Latin fans right now. Well, just that no. Well, but that's part of it. But the other reason, and but even if they're desperate, that's another sign that you know Lucha Dragons are probably going to get a push up the card. So what you could do is you have the New Day dealing with, you know, between say between pay per views, doing stuff at the top of the card while teams are feuding over the number one contendership. So you have the New Day around. You maybe have them out at commentary and then wrestle at the end of the night in some sort of main event. But then you have uh, the Usos, the Lucha Dragons, the primetime players, the you know, whoever, all feuding down at the bottom. So the tag division still matters. It's still very much a presence. It's still very much, you know, meaningful matches to determine who's going to face the New Day. But the New Day doesn't necessarily have to be directly involved with those matches. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, I hear what you're saying, I do, and I'm, I think it can work, I just, I just don't trust it, that's all, Yeah. you know what I mean, like, I'm gonna keep coming back to that, I just don't trust that they'll do it the right way, but it's not because I don't think it, it can be done the right way, I absolutely believe that you can do it the right way. I mean, anything else from Raw? Yeah, there's there's one more thing that we have to talk about a little bit. You talked about Latin stars, and and we got to talk a little bit more about this this Del Rio thing, because we 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 talked last week and we were like, oh look, you know, he's a face. You know, this is kind of interesting that they're trying to make a new Latin star, and now it turns out that they're not making him a face. They're bringing him back to make him a heel, and Zeb's being this weird heel where it's basically his same gimmick, but it's just. Americans and Mexicans are good, but nobody it's, else is good. It's bizarre. It I mean, is. It's, it's really weird. It's really, I, really weird. I, again, there's two things at play here. One, if if this is by the way, some, how, how did we not mention Del Rio as a candidate for the tournament? I don't well, think so. But, I mean, he would make he would make some. Well, but does he make more sense in the tournament, or does he make sense working a program with Jack Swagger right now? You know, like, I, is that really what they're bringing him back to do? Well, put him why in a else have Jack Swagger on television when you haven't had him on television in eternity? Uh, well, honestly, I thought it was to hammer home the fact that Zeb Coulter's now a heel. I guess I just like don't... That, that. That was that was how I took it. Is like, uh, they... here's the problem. I don't know that you hammered home that Zeb Coulter was a heel as much as you hammered home that the whole thing is weird. Well, it's that just, too. That's uh, the you, you, you hammer home the point that they're at least trying to make him a heel. Maybe. And, maybe and, and, and honestly, the other thing is, you had to do it. If you were going to ever have Jack Swagger on television again, you had, you know, with Zeb Coulter around, you had to have them interact at some point. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I guess, but Jack Swagger hadn't been on television for an eternity, so why did you need him on television? Nah, I don't know. Well, because he eventually was going to job to somebody, and people were like, oh, well, if he's here, why hasn't he talked to Zeb? That I, I guess. I mean, they put him on television so rarely that I don't, I don't know if that was a concern whatsoever. But, no, I think that El, Alberto is absolutely a candidate for the tournament. I think we all know that. But I would come back to this is my problem with Alberto Del Rio, which I told you a week ago. You cannot make this guy interesting. You can't. You're incapable of doing it. Um, I, I would. I can't believe I'm about to say this. They might almost be better off just playing up. Hey, look, this guy is Latin. Oh, um, don't, boy, that, if you're trying to make a big Latin star and you're, you're playing up the fact that, oh, he's a Mexican, go boo him. 
Oh no no, I'm not saying that. Oh no no no, oh, I'm oh, saying you try to make him a Latin face. Oh, you know oh what I mean? yeah. like, so the, the logical thing to do when you're trying to make a big Latin star is make him a face. Yeah, right. No, correct. I agree with I mean, you. I, I mean, I would go. I, that I, I still don't understand why. Why is Zeb involved with this? I, I don't get it at all. Well, it makes I, look, no I sense. like I like Zeb, and I think you can use Zeb well. I think that. But this isn't the way to use Zeb. I, I think there's something weird you can do with Zeb that's interesting. Look, they put Cesaro in a group called the Real Americans. You know what I mean? Like you can use Zeb in a strange what? way and have it be interesting. It's just that that can't involve Alberto Del Rio because there's nothing about Alberto Del Rio that's interesting. You can't use Alberto Del Rio and interesting in the same sentence. You're incapable of doing it. Oh, oh I, 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 I can do it. It's interesting how terrible Alberto Del Rio's yeah, okay, right. new... Wait, yeah, wait, wait, sure. hold on. Let me finish the sentence. Yeah. Interesting how terrible Alberto Del Rio's new finisher is. Because that thing is the most illogical move I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, I don't know what that is. No, like, they're, they're hanging in the Tree of Woe position. They see Alberto setting up, so they grab the top rope and pull themselves into position for it. No doubt. It's, no doubt. It's, I, it's the it's most weird. illogical, bizarre thing I've ever seen, and I hate it. I think it's the wor- might be one of the worst finishers I've ever seen. It's pretty bad. It's it's pretty bad. But again, and, and you had two good finishers. That's the other thing. You got a guy kicking a kneeling guy in the face, and you had a cross arm breaker. Why are you using some weird knees thing, whatever, as a finisher? I don't have an answer to that question, Aaron. <laughs> I just, I just don't. I don't have an answer to that question whatsoever because I don't know what they're trying to do with Alberto Del Rio because, well, you're watching the same thing that I'm watching. So yeah. how could any of us have a clue of what they're trying to do? Um, anything else? No, I think that's it. All right, very good. We come back in. We've got a, a quick count, three topics we haven't had a chance to talk about just yet that we will, and then we will do our weekly top five. If you're like most folks, you drop by your local Royal Farm store for a fast, fresh, delicious breakfast sandwich on your way to wherever it is you're on your way to. But maybe you're ready for Royal Farm's new Scrapple breakfast sandwiches. For just two eighty nine, you can get tasty, crispy Scrapple with your choice of cheese and eggs on a biscuit, bagel, bread, or croissant. The new Royal Farm Scrapple breakfast sandwiches just 289 at Royal Farms real fresh real fast are you a believer in the retriever the UMBC sports marketing team is proud to support UMBC athletics through marketing and promoting the UMBC division one game day experience with giveaways in-game entertainment and much much more tickets for retriever action starts as low as two dollars follow UMBC sports on Instagram at retriever believer and on Twitter at UMBC Sports Marketing for all your promotional updates of the Retrievers. For a complete schedule of UMBC Athletics, visit UMBCRetrievers.com. The UMBC Sports Marketing staff looks forward to seeing you as a Retriever believer at the games. At Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe is where Marilyn gets engaged.
Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City, and Annapolis. Wrestling fans, it's time for Wrestle Crate. Wrestle Crate is a pro wrestling themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month and every crate contains a t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those t-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter at WrestleCrates and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Boxing fans, this is Jake the Snake Smith of Baltimore Boxing. Our next boxing event is going to be Turkey Day Eve. That's November 25th. That's a Wednesday at Michaels 8th Avenue in Glen Burnie, Maryland. We're going to knock the stuffing out of the other opponents that night. Website is BaltimoreBoxing.com. That's BaltimoreBoxing.com. You can get your tickets there or you can call 410-375-9175. Tickets are $25 in advance, 30 at the door, $35 for reserve. Reserve tickets, $350 for reserved tables, and $500 for VIP tables, and $50 for VIP seats. VIP comes with hors d'oeuvres an hour before the event starts. That's from 7 to 8. Turkey Day Eve is the biggest night out. What a better way to spend it by watching the stuffings getting knocked out. And ladies and gentlemen, Mike Dietrich was one of my favorite boxers that I had throughout the years who passed away. And every year, he used to do a canned food drive. So this is it. This is the Mike Dietrich canned food drive. So please bring a can of food to feed the homeless. Thank you. Third and final segment, it is Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark alongside Aaron Oster. It's all brought to you by WrestleCrate. Of course, WrestleCrate, if you're not familiar, is an awesome product. It's a monthly care package for pro wrestling fans that shows up right at your doorstep with just awesome goodies, whether they're T-shirts and Barbershop Window and pro wrestling tees or DVDs or fat heads or, you know, whatever they pop vinyls, autograph type of stuff. It's all in there. Packages start at just $15 a month, and you can take 10% off by using the code J-O-SENTME. That's J-O, as in jobbing out, J-O-SENTME. Go right now to WrestleCrate.com. You can follow them on Twitter at WrestleCrates and get signed up for your WrestleCrate subscription. All right, Aaron, let's get into the quick count for the week. Three stories we haven't had a chance to talk about just yet, including what I always allow you to do, which is to go off the reservation for our first of the three in the quick counts. All right, I'm going to talk about NXT this week. It was a big episode of NXT, uh, and I'll start at, right at the top. What the big thing was was we finally got the heel turn from Samoa Joe. Uh, at the main event, it was Finn Balor against Apollo Crews. Uh, Baron Corbin ended up interfering in it, causing a no contest. And Samoa Joe came out, cleared off Corbin, you know, fought him off. And then he attacked Balor. He hit him with a muscle buster. He held up the title. He draped it across Balor's chest. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, we had been talking about that for a while. What are you going to do with Joe? Or is he going to turn? Is Balor going to turn? Or neither going to turn? Because it seemed like they had to run into each other. And it turns out that Joe is going to be the one who turns, and we'll right. see where it goes from there. Um, I yeah, I'm good with that, right? Like I think that makes sense. Yeah, you think there's nah? I was gonna say any chance one of these NXT guys goes in the tournament, but uh, it just doesn't quite no. feel right. I, I, yeah, right. Yeah, like you, I mean, you, you don't want to put him into a tournament form because that kind of erases the excitement. If right, you're putting of their them arrival. Into, if you're putting them into the first round of a tournament, yeah, they're gonna have to lose. Um, <laughs> like, right, exactly. Um, so no. 
the the one other thing I want to talk about is uh, I, I've talked about the team of uh, Jason Jordan and Chad Gable before, and they, they've drawn comparisons to the world's greatest tag team because they're two amateur wrestlers. They're even you know wrestling in kind of you know the the singlet, the amateur wrestling style, and Jordan's black, Gable's white. So they they've drawn obvious comparisons to uh, Haas and Benjamin, the world's right. greatest. They've been running with that in NXT. They've been talking about little like they did a promo and at one point. Gable starts talking about how good they're on. You know what? I think that we are the world's greatest tag team. And Jason Jordan goes, no, no, no. You can't say that. <laughs> and they've been doing like little riffs on that. And it is the greatest thing ever. And something that good. probably w- they would never allow on WWE, but is so great on NXT. Yeah, it's, that's pretty good. I dig that. I really like that. I, I You know, that's everybody's talking about it. Why not admit that it exists, right? Like. And- it's so good. It's and, uh, and and those two just as a team are so perfect. That's cool. That's cool. I like that a lot. All right. Uh, number two. Let's go to this. There was something that uh, caught my eye both on Twitter and on Raw on Monday night, and that is that the WWE, as Dave Batista is preparing to have his new movie Spectre, I say it's his new movie. Obviously, the Bond movie that he just happens to be in released this weekend. Uh, real weird that all of a sudden WWE is going out of their way to associate themselves with Batista once again. Uh, Triple H was tweeting about it, and on Raw they show the muscle and fitness cover that Dave Batista is on this month. I will imagine that on this coming Raw they will mention something about how much money uh, Spectre made at the box office, and it reminds me of what they dealt with while The Rock was on complete hiatus. I'm not talking about... You know, the part-time thing, the, the, the part-time, part-time, part-time thing that he's doing. But when he was almost persona non grata with the WWE, um, but yet, whenever he did anything significant in Hollywood, they went out of their way to mention it on program, either because they were trying to kiss his ass and, and want, want him to know, hey, we still love you, we'd like to have you back, or just because they were trying to steal some of the PR glory that you know, people are talking about The Rock, and we want to get a piece of that because we created The Rock. And it feels sort of similar right now with Batista. Uh, the, the one interesting thing about this, and, and personally I think it's just them going like, hey, look, we created this guy, and now he's in a Bond movie. He's the head henchman in a Bond movie. Right. That's a pretty big deal. So, see, we can create we can create stars here in WWE. That's what I think they're doing. The interesting thing about this, though, is they never – did they – Correct me if I'm wrong. They pretty much never mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a huge, huge hit. And is that is that true? I feel like well, and I think that part of the reason is that kind of it Batista, was so close. Well, a so, it was close to SummerSlam. B it was close to his departure for. Well, right. That's what I think the biggest. You know, it was right after he had kind of walked out again. And and but the other end, you know, there was a question whether it would be big. But I also think that Batista might have kind of tried to distance himself from wrestling there. While uh, here it's like, oh, it's a Bond movie. Well, we have to do it, and he's he's. It's just interesting to see the dynamic there when Guardians yeah, did it's, become it's, such a huge success. That's that's interesting. Or or you know, it might be the WWE didn't know, or it might very well be that they thought Batista would turn right back to them within a couple of months, and, and they didn't want to remind him that they were doing. He was doing st- other stuff. Right. You know, it, yeah. it, it could be any number of things. But now Dave Batista appears to be solidifying himself, not as the Rock, not as an A-lister. But as a, a legitimate Hollywood commodity at this if, point. If nothing else, he could be a very solid action star. You know, he's part of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, which right. is There's eventually going, going to run into the Avengers, which makes him part of, you know, the biggest movie series in the history of the world. 
Right, correct. And and, and a fairly major part of it. He's got something lined up. They, they're doing a kickboxer reboot that he's involved with, right? Like, that's what's yep. next for him. You know, he, he can be a legit action, not necessarily a star, but at least a legit action role player. Right, correct. And I think it's smart, one, it's smart for them to try to, you know, piggyback on it and be like, hey, look, that's our guy and look at what he's doing. You know, it's the WWE's own Batista that's now uh, a star in Hollywood. I think that's smart. But it does make me wonder if it's also trying to lay the foundations of, hey, dude, if you, if you don't have anything to do, we wouldn't mind if you would stumble into Dallas WrestleMania weekend. You know, just, just happen to show up. Somehow, some way, and especially I think now, as their real wrestlers or not real right, regular right. wrestlers are dropping out like flies. Right. No, no, no. I, and I think it's very similar to. I don't know that they necessarily need him to wrestle a match, be involved in the storyline, anything like that. But just you know, maybe show up. Uh, it worked out really well when they had The Rock show up last yep. year. Like that, that was a good thing. So, um, you know, I, I, I wonder if perhaps there might be something like that that uh, exists i just i just wonder that's all and i thought it was interesting to see it and i just thought we should point it out by the way um, it, it, is, isn't it funny that out of all of these wrestlers you know obviously the rock was always we we knew that the rock was going to go on to movie stars would you have ever guessed that batista might be as far as wrestlers crossing over to movie stars the number two guy yeah no because he doesn't have the charisma but what they've managed to do is put him into roles where he, I, I think the word is he has like one line again in this entire movie inspector Well um, you say again he had some pretty big line but all of the, like he was created as a guy with a with, with no he had per, with yeah with no, with no sense of humor and and he right. was able to get that off because he's great like that kind of the the wry ironic humor Right it's but, why yeah. I don't think he could ever be a No a he's not going to be no. movie star because I just no. don't think he has that but um you know how much of that does Jason Jason Statham really have either? You right. know what I mean? Like, is is he really charismatic, or is he an ass kicker? I, I can't um, remember, but I rem- vaguely remember that he might have already made more money in movies uh, as far as box office goes than uh, Hulk Hogan. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> yeah. how many good movies was Hulk Hogan in? Well, but that's the thing. You know, Hulk Hogan you would have expected to be a huge star, and now right. Batista and- is all. Batista is legitimately probably as far as wrestling to movie crossover the right. number two guy of all time right and john cena would have been the more logical choice of this generation to to move into that role and right. you know, he had a nice little bit part in uh in train wreck and he has a, apparently a part in the um uh, what's the movie with amy poehler and tina fey the sisters right they, they apparently i didn't know he was in that one i i could have sworn that that's the case but i'll double check on that um you know i i i this it's not all that crazy because his look is so absurdly inhuman that it can pass for what you're trying to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's never looked like a real person whenever you've seen this guy. And, and so he should be bigger than life. He should be in, in big-time movies. And, and while he doesn't have a great leading persona, he's always been great as the guy who you who can play off of others well. Kind of, you know, the ironic straight man, like in Evolution, when he was kind of the the backstage guy, he was great there. At that, with uh, the at the very end of Evolution, with this most latest run, he was great when he had people to play off of. Now he can't be a leading guy. We saw that just in his title runs alone. But as a as a bit player, he's he's great in that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. And by the way, John Cena is in uh, that movie Sisters. Well, there you that go. Is, uh, where you can find him. All right, uh, and then story number three is uh, kind of interesting to me. I don't know why I'm so interested in this, but 
uh, professional wrestling is getting involved with Fox, but not in the way that you would perhaps expect. Oh, do you want me to uh, oh, yeah. introduce? I was, I was, oh, I was, okay. Oh, you said you pulled it up. You yeah, heard. well, I, I did. Well, we, we, we have a report here that uh, Walter Parks and Lori McDonald, I don't know exactly what company, or if they're just people, if they own a bigger company or whatever, but they have pitched, and it looks like it's been accepted by Fox at least to try out uh, a show called The Work, which is it's described as a soap, but basically a drama about wrestling. And we've heard over the years that there have been various people trying to pitch shows about wrestling. I mean, it kind of makes it wrestling's already a little bit of a drama, so it's and it has crazy backstage stories. It would seem like it would make sense uh, to fit on the on TV somewhere. I know well, we're gonna. Uh, I I just need to tell you this right now. We're gonna need to get Walter Parks on this show because I just learned that he was the executive producer of the greatest motion picture ever made. Uh, which one's that? Oh, Aaron, if you don't know, if you don't know, the greatest. Oh, motion Boy Meets picture, World. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Motion picture. Yes, I was gonna say that. That's the greatest television. Yes, the greatest motion picture ever made. Of course, oh. would be Catch Me If You Can. Oh, he was he was behind that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Executive producer. I just I just made a can. list of my most rewatchable movies of all time, and I have Catch Me As You Can in my top it's four. It's the greatest motion picture ever made. It's yeah. the, the it's perfection in a film. It's everything you could ask for. Uh, packed into one story. It's it's amazing. It's no, it, it's, it's a great movie, without a uh, question. Walter Park's list also just so happens to include, perhaps you've heard some of these films, Gladiator. You ever heard of that one? That one was kind of okay, I guess. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, Twister was all right. Ooh, okay. Legend, Legend of Zorro, yeah. Men in Black, okay, Men in Dinner Black. for Schmucks, yeah. Sweeney Todd, Minority Report, uh, the Lemony Snicket's uh, series of unfortunate events, which I actually thought was pretty good. Uh, Road to Perdition, which was pretty good. AI. I mean, he's got a Amistad. <laughs> you ever heard of Amistad? That that seems like a pretty decent resume. Wait, why why is he doing TV? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, good wait, lord. Wait, they, he's just an EP on those, right? Like that can't be. Ex- a, yeah, executive. Producer. Okay, so right. that that makes more a little bit more sense then, because EP right. you can be an EP of everything. The Rock. Yeah. yeah. I, I know the yeah, Rock was actually that. That was why when I heard this, it reminded me. I think it was last year or two years ago. The Rock was set to be an EP on a wrestling-based drama. So okay. I, I, I don't know if that's what this is. I don't. I would have assumed that if he was, The Rock would have been mentioned in the article. But uh, so maybe this is just a completely separate thing. But uh, this isn't the first time we've seen wrestling-based shows pitched before. It, it's I, I logical. It's, yeah, I it, it's, it's very logical. Incredibly logical. I think it works. You know what I mean? Like I, I think I think it works fairly well. I don't know who the target audience is for that show. I don't know if the target audience is wrestling fans or if the target audience is women. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know exactly what it, they're it looking just, for. It depends how you play it. Like you, you right. could you could turn it into the next great sitcom if you really wanted to. Well, but this is it's going to be a drama, right? It's not going to. Well, be a they, they describe it as a soap, which is interesting that that they use that word. I assume that it just but, means but, drama. But Fox doesn't. Fox. I mean, I guess Fox makes soaps. They wouldn't make. They wouldn't make I a mean, wrestling-based actual soap opera. They wouldn't put. No, a no, no, show not an actual on, soap, but they. Right. But I mean. You could describe wrestling as a soap no, if no, you right. really you wanted to. a lot of things as soap opera. I understand yeah. what you're saying. I, I, I get that entirely. Um, I think it's intriguing. I, I think it's the type of thing that they could really make work. I think, you know, just because Fox is making it doesn't mean it's like it, – it, it, are they saying it's for the Fox network? I 
a, it sounded like it because they they've really broken off Fox from FXX and the other stuff. Right. But so right. I don't know for sure, and it's not exactly clear if this has been picked up. Or if it's just like, okay, we'll do a pilot of it. And yeah, we'll take see. a look at it, right? See yeah, what, see so, like. so that's something to definitely keep an eye on. And, you know, it's just, again, wrestling is becoming more acceptable to mainstream. Yeah, this is just think, another case of it. Again, I think everything about this, the, the wrestler was perfect, right? Like, I think everything yep. about professional wrestling lends itself to, because professional wrestling is scripted. You don't have to, like, you know how you well, watch... Well, and this doesn't have to, you know... Just because it's about professional wrestling, it doesn't mean it really has to be about professional wrestling. Right, like, right. like but, it's just it's about a you know a guy who has a crazy job. Right. Like, yeah. That, there's there's some level of that. I would. Go it's not. I, the, I doubt we're going to see any matches in it. Uh, who knows? I mean, you might here and there, but. Um, I I would I would go to the level of saying this right, like the, you watch some sports movies, TV shows, and what's your complaint? Like, oh, it it wasn't realistic, right? You know what I mean? Like they showed. Um, you know, football scenes, and they just weren't the, realistic. The, the pitcher and, doesn't, like, there's no way you can actually throw the ball that way. It looks right. like he's never thrown a ball in his life. Uh, the thing about wrestling is that, like, nothing has to be realistic. Right. Like, it doesn't have to be, because wrestling isn't. Well, So I, I think ahead. it's a, a logical sort of sports drama to make is based around, you know, the world of professional wrestling. Well, the one thing that we know is that it will never top uh, Mick Foley's cameo on Boy Meets World. Well, that's so. that's that's a fact. Well, and and, and Vader, Vader, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, with that in mind, well, sort of, uh, sort of with that in mind. Another story this week, and that we didn't include in the uh, the three count because we're going to lead it into our top five, is the news that ESPN's Thirty for Thirty series, which was was the brainchild of one Bill Simmons, but I don't know who's in charge of it anymore, um, is going to be doing a documentary about one Rick. Woo! Flair. Quick question it, about this before yes. we get too far. Because I, I didn't see this confirmed anywhere. Do we know, is this a documentary or is this going to be one of their 30 for 30 shorts? I was under the understanding that it was going to be a full length. That would be cool. Um, now, I, I will do my best to try to confirm that right now, but that was my understanding was that this was going to be a full yeah, uh, according to the Nature Boy, this okay. So it's according to him. In fairness, okay. this will be a full thirty for thirty episode. Cool. I'm um, in. Yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely in. Of course, who wouldn't be in for that, right? So it got me to thinking. Five professional wrestling performers all time. Wait, did did it have to be performers? Uh, the people involved. Okay, people... I, I I did five. 30 for 30s I'd like to see about wrestling. Uh, okay. All right. I'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. If, if I don't like it, I'll beat you up for it. All right. Um, I went with five performers that I'd like to see a uh, 30 for 30 about. I'll start with my number five. My number five it seems fairly logical because he's a guy I think that as a culture we're just so intrigued by. And and despite being gone for years, we still see him pop up in pop culture all regularly. And that is, of course, uh, Andre the Giant. I think that... The, oh, that that's a no-brainer. Especially with... You know all the legends, the rumors about him. You, I mean, you could do Correct. yeah, ten. You know, a, a full commercial to commercial segment just on his drinking habits, and it would yep. be the most compelling thing ever. Yep, absolutely. And you know, the, the stories that come out, like listening to Arnold Schwarzenegger tell stories about on. Yeah, all these guys have Andre the Giant stories, 
And I just think it would make it incredibly. It's almost so obvious. Like it probably should be number one, but I made it my number five because it just seems too obvious. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even put him on my list because it was just so. I think Bill Simmons had even talked about doing a thirty for thirty about Andre the Giant. Oh, did he really? So there you go. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, that was just so obvious. I didn't even put it on my list. My number five, and I, I do this. I, I put this one because it's an interesting opportunity for wrestling fans in that. Uh, the story of ECW has been told quite often. We've seen the WWE put out a documentary about it. We've seen a book come out about it, but it was told very much on the ECW side. I want an independent look at ECW because that's something we have okay. never seen before in any way. And the 30 for 30 format would be a perfect way to get someone who doesn't have any ties to either side, to, to any side really, get a, a real independent look at it. Because right so far, we haven't gotten one. Okay. Well, you're kind of cheating because I didn't know that was an option. So I, you know, uh, I, I'm with you. I think it'd be great. I do. I would. I'd be all in. I just didn't include it because I thought we were doing performers, and now I feel like a jerk. Well, right, you know four. what? I, I have. I clearly have more of a production mind than you because I'm thinking oh, is of that. Things. What it is? Yes. Is that what it is? Yes. All right. My number four is uh, Bruno. Okay. Uh, another fascinating character. Like we we remain fascinated by this guy, and yet we've. I think of a certain generation, we know so little about him. We hear stories about how many times he sold out Madison Square Garden. I think, you know, people of a certain age say, why? Well, you know, why did Bruno sell out Madison Square Garden so many times? Why was he so fascinating? Because we know so little about him, um, if you're of a certain age, just because, you know, he was persona non grata with the WWE for a long time. His history outside of his Hall of Fame induction has not necessarily been celebrated that much. By the WWE. So I just feel like he's a guy that we could learn so much about via 30 for 30, and he's my number four. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Uh, my number four is a duo, and I want uh, I want to see a 30 for 30 kind of looking at the intertwining careers and, and separate careers of uh, Owen and Brett. I okay. Want, you know, we, we've seen a documentary on Owen. We've seen, or we will see a documentary on Owen. We've seen a documentary on Brett. I want to see them kind of, you know, look at both of them together. How they got really so different. They they really are when you look at it. Such different people, you know. Owen so much more charismatic, so much more, you know, outgoing than Brett. You know, you can bring in some more of the Hart family if you really want to, and just kind of look at everything about Owen and Brett. And I think that would be absolutely fascinating to look at them side side by side like that. Uh, I would tend to agree with that. And I, again, I think this goes back to we've had some of these conversations before. Who's willing to talk? What are they willing to talk about? Right. I think a lot of that goes into just how good yeah. this would end up the, being. The, but. The, yeah, my my whole thought process is like if I can get a, a great film, great independent filmmaker to make something and make it good, who would I want to see it based on? Basically, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, my number three again, it's just sort of the fascination that we have with him in pop culture, and you know he's very much still alive, and we see him all the time on television, but. He's so intriguing, and I think we're we're getting again to a point where people of a certain age don't understand why everyone's so fascinated with him. They just see this larger-than-life personality enter, uh, you know, their 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 homes, but they don't know the background on him. And that's of course Jerry the King Lawler. I think that he's a guy that there's such an interesting story about. Like we all accept him as the king. Do the majority of professional wrestling fans know why he is the king? Probably not. The fact that he's just been around for a long time. Yeah. So I think that they could do a, a, a really good job of telling the story via 30 for 30, and so Jerry's my number three. Uh, you know what I'd love to do for that is for, forget the, the full story of Jerry Lawler. I want to see the uh, uh, 30 for 30 on Lawler Kaufman. 
Oh, sure. Do an hour yeah, just on that right? bit right yeah, there. Yeah, that yeah. would be tremendous. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, mine's a guy who's just, again, kind of in your vein of Andre the Giant, who has so many crazy stories and has such a long and storied career that I don't know how many people exactly know about all of it, is uh, Terry Funk. Okay. I think Terry Funk, as far as someone that you could get me to sit down to watch 60, 90 minutes just on him, uh, he has so many stories. He's retired 20 times, probably. And you realize, like, he's still wrestling today, and he started... He's I, his, had 50 his, retirement his, his His first retirement match, I think I saw, his first retirement match was before Seth Rollins was born or something like that. <laughs> like, it was that. just unbelievable. Like, his career has been so unreal, and just all around the world, and everything he's done, it, it would be absolutely fascinating well, It's very me. similar to my number two. My number two is uh, Foley. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's a very similar concept, which is there's just so much there. And I think that the, the interesting part of, a, of 30 for 30 on Foley is how many times someone said, no, th- this guy is just not, no, come on. You know, he's he's niche, he's what he is. I, I just think that it would it would serve very well for a 30 for 30 for an in-depth documentary. And, and if we accept that the part of the reason why we like the 30 for 30s is because you really get people to talk. For whatever reason, uh, ESPN has been very good. I think like the Bartman one, they couldn't get Steve Bartman to talk. But other than that, when they've done a 30 for 30, they've really had the people involved talking, and I think that's what would make uh, this particularly interesting. So uh, Foley is my number two. You know, I thought about Foley. The only reason I didn't include him is that we've seen him, we've heard him talk, and we've seen, you know, read his books, and we've seen so much of his side. Like, yeah, I don't. That we know I don't really every... need him. Oh, I you just want everybody else talking yeah. about Mick? I I think everybody okay. else, and 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 is that part of the story is far more interesting. Uh, okay, I'll agree with you there. I have no problem with that. Uh, I I went. I broke your quote unquote rules on this one as well because Dick. my mine is an event and just kind of an idea more than a person. And uh, I'd like to see a thirty for thirty on Black Saturday, and then just kind of take that huh. into to Vince McMahon and WWF's, uh, you know, basically taking over what they were. I think that not enough people know about Black Saturday and realize yeah. what WWF was before Black Saturday and what the wrestling landscape was like. And to do a real hard look on that day, July 14th, 1984, would be absolutely fa- – and like I said, you can bring in kind of like tie everything into that and look bigger at what Vince McMahon did for wrestling. And I think that would be absolutely unbelievable. Well, number one on my list is Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. There you go, right? And your number one? Uh, my number one, I, it's sort of cheating because they did a short on it, but I thought their short sucked. Uh, 30 for 30 did, and uh, that was on the Von Erichs. I think that okay, it was yeah. it, it was a complete puff piece. They kind of overlooked a lot of it, and uh, I didn't like how they did it. I want them to redo it and redo it well because the Von Erichs are the most fascinating story in the history of wrestling. Okay, very good. There you go. That's our top five for this week, and uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. Um, again, please support WrestleCrate. And uh, check out Fantasizer, everything they have to offer. Thanks to uh, our, our main event, AJ Francis, for checking in a little bit earlier on. Aaron, you are on Twitter where? The A-Oster. Uh, where is the show on Twitter? Uh, jobbing Out Show. The show's Gmail account is? JobbingOutShow at gmail.com. And we and will get to ha- a mailbag eventually in the yeah, next couple of weeks. Yeah, it was supposed to be this week, then the Seth Rollins thing happened. It's what yep. it is. Um, and what do you have coming up with the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Well, I, I don't know if you saw the earlier this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. But uh, I got an interview with Prince Pretty himself, Tyler Breeze. Right. 
And so that's up on Rolling Stone, so you should check it out. And he talked about what certain superstar really helped him the most with the Tyler Breeze character, and uh, it's a good one. All right. We will uh, make sure that we check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, I'm also on the web at glennclarkradio.com. Please, please, please continue to spread the word about the show. Likes, subscribes, passing the word on to your friends like our guy Brandon Parkville always does. Please, please, please continue to. Uh, we've appreciated all the feedback that we've got, and we love uh, doing things. We're going to try to maybe do an event, something like that. We want to do more with uh, Jobbing Out Show listeners in the future. So that'll do it for us, for uh, for Fantasizer, for WrestleCrate, for AJ and for Aaron. I'm Glenn. Have a great week. This has been Jobbing Out. <laughs>